Welcome back, my beloved audience, dear friends. Thank you for tuning in. Thank you for listening. If you are at the gym or on the car ride or sitting out in a beautiful hammock, (laughs) thank you for listening this time and every time. This is episode 35 and... I'm in a good mood because this one's called The Day Woodchuck Gave Some Advice. So in response to last week's more heavy and, uh, man, academic approach to trying to respond to things happening in the U.S., I thought, let's this time go to the other end of the pendulum and tell the story and just have a good time. But before we do... I want to give an invitation. If you give a review or a like to this on uh, iTunes, I'll give you a shout out on the next episode next week when I get around to actually recording that one. I'll give you a shout out. So go right ahead and do that because why not? We can do whatever we want because I'm not making any money off of this. This is purely just for fun. Let me put my guitar down. And let's uh, go right into it. So this is number 35, and this is called uh, The Day Woodchuck Gave Some Advice. So every so often in my life, I have moments where a voice comes to me. I could be out at a park, I could be at a train station, I could be in the middle of Texas, it doesn't really matter. A little voice happens to me that says, pay attention, something's happening. Now, I can't predict these moments, and I certainly can't manufacture them, but I might go on to say that I'll bet most of us have these types of moments And if you're listening for it, you might hear a similar voice that says, pay attention, something is happening. Now, most of these moments for me end up being, uh, I guess, just really big game changers. They're just moments where a small phrase then sticks with me for a couple of years or I feel as though I'm watching something unfold and I'm being taught a lesson in the moment. Again, I bet most of us have these moments if we are listening for that voice every so often. So this time, I'm going to tell a story when one of those moments happened to me. So two years ago, I was out finishing my hike on the Appalachian Trail, and the last 100 miles are called the 100-mile wilderness. This is known as being a relatively difficult section uh, section, because Maine is incredibly difficult. In fact, they say the most of the trail is just training for how difficult Maine is. Now, if you look at a elevation map, the last 100 miles may not seem like it's that difficult. In fact, it might even look flat for a good part of it, but that's really misleading. 
because in reality you have to do high stepping over roots that are as tall as your knees and that just gets old fast. But another reason the 100 mile wilderness is difficult is because there's really no easy access roads. Once you start the 100 miles, you have to commit to doing 100 miles nonstop. At the beginning of it, just outside of Monson, Maine, there's a sign that says danger, pretty much. And it says, do not enter the 100 mile wilderness unless you have 8 to 10 days worth of food. Now, for those of you who are not backpackers or outdoorsy types, you tend to eat about two pounds of food a day. So that means you're carrying an extra 16 to 20 pounds on your back right from the start. Now, this can be (laughs) rather disappointing to find out because that is a heavy pack to put on. Regardless, my crew and I, we decided to start the 100-mile wilderness at about 9 o'clock at night when it was already dark. <laughs> so we hiked in, set up camp pretty quickly, and then decided we would get up early in the morning and head out. At about mile 20, we got into it and set up camp, and right around then, I found out that my water filter was clogged. Not just like a slow clog, like it just was not letting water go through the filter whatsoever. After 2,000 miles, it was incapable (laughs) of filtering water. Now, this may not seem like a terrible thing to you, but there are horror stories of people that did not filter their water and they ended up getting norovirus where they are three days of vomiting and diarrhea and it's just nasty ugly and if you're out in the wilderness and you don't have access to get to a cvs or to find a comfy bed at a hotel and ride out the three days of nausea and disease uh it makes for a terrible three days I even have a friend that did not filter water and ended up becoming dehydrated because he started hallucinating and seeing some really crazy things and needed to be hospitalized for two weeks. So filtering water is a big deal. And up until this point, I had always filtered water. Very careful, made sure that I did this, but... That morning, I went to go get my filter, and I was using a gravity bag. So you scoop the bag, you tie the top up, and then you can hang it around a branch, and it looks kind of like an IV with a tube hanging down, and it lets gravity filter the water for you. But mine, after 2,000 miles, finally clogged in the middle of the 100-mile wilderness where clearly I could not get a new filter. So I was worried. Now some people might say it's okay, there's not that much civilization up there, but that still doesn't change the fact that dead animal could have been in the water and infected the water and 
I don't know. So I was nervous. I took the water that I did have and tried to ration it, but I knew there was no way after 20 miles into it that I was going to be able to finish the last 80 miles without filtering new water. So I was a little lost. And then as I was walking north, a man was walking south. And this guy looked like a tall gnome. He looked like a lawn ornament, and he didn't have a pointy hat like a gnome. Instead, he had a normal hat, (laughs) but he certainly had a gray beard down to the middle of his chest. Was not necessarily a giant guy, but a medium-sized frame and wearing, I think it was a red sweatshirt and a small backpack, and he had a hiking stick that was about shoulder high. This tall gnome introduced himself as Woodchuck. And uh, whatever you think this character looks like when I say to you that his nickname was Woodchuck, I guarantee whatever your imagination said, that is exactly what this guy looked like. I'm going to see if I can post the picture that I took of him along with this episode so you can see what Woodchuck looked like. And as we crossed paths, we we talked for a little bit. And in that short amount of time, I happened to tell him my filter was not working. And in one of the most kind voices, he sat down on a nearby rock and he said, Oh, don't worry about that. You'll be fine. I said, "How, How do you know that? And he says, Listen, it doesn't matter who you say it to. But when you take your water bottle out and you dip it in the water to refill, just promise me you'll say thank you. It doesn't matter to who, but just say thank you. And then that little voice that says, pay attention, something's happening, happened to me. And in the next breath, Woodchuck said, you would be surprised how much being grateful can purify things. And I was stunned. I remember standing there looking over the trickle of water that he just pointed at and he encouraged me just to go over with my water bottle, dip it under and say thank you. So I did (laughs) and took a sip. After more than 2,000 miles of filtering water, I crossed paths with this (laughs) forest fairy, tall gnome, mythological man, I don't know, who told me, you would be surprised how much being grateful can purify things. And I took a sip. And in all honesty, he continued hiking south and I continued going north and uh, I didn't filter for the last 80 miles and yes every time I took my bottle out to get some more water I was worried that I was going to get sick or I was going to get some sort of some sort of stomach virus or something but I didn't I think in part because it's true Being grateful can purify things. 
And uh, it was really, hmm, it was really kind of a sentence that I could apply to other places and to other things, not just to water. And so I'd like to share that with you. Is there a moment or a situation or something that you've gone through where being grateful would help to purify it? So let me say a little more. I'm certain that you as the listener have probably gone through some hard times. In fact, some of you may have gone through harder times than I have. Or if we were to compare notes, you might say I've gone through harder times than you, but it doesn't really matter because what's hard for you is hard and what's hard for me is hard. But the thing is, some of the difficult moments of life seem to have the ability to change our mindset. They have the ability to cause us to have a a mindset of scarcity. They have the ability to uh, make us think that there's less good or beauty in the world than there really is. As if there's not enough to really go around. And so we have to hoard, we have to hold on to our scarce little things. But there's something in the power of being grateful that being grateful can clean up situations. It can take a thing that we've gone through and turn it on its head so that it's no longer causing us to have a scarcity mindset, but instead teaches us to have an abundance mindset that says, wow, maybe the world does still have some good or beauty in it. And... Is there something in your life that you need to look at with honest eyes and try to be grateful for it? What hardship have you, the listener, gone through um, that you can look at and say, yeah, most of this was pretty bad, but there was this one piece of good that happened in the midst of all of it. In the midst of all of this difficulty and hardship or disappointment, It did teach me this about myself, or it did show me my grit, or it did uh, challenge me to grow. In the midst of some of the hardships, it's really a liberating thing to find something in the midst of it that we can say thank you for. And somehow there's a power in finding a way to say thank you that can take a whole situation and turn it around. In fact, if you grew up in the Jewish tradition, you would know that one of the phrases that they use for God is, quote, the one who wastes nothing. There is no experience that we can go through that will ultimately and completely and entirely be to our detriment. Somehow, God can make something happen. So I would just like to encourage you. You might be surprised 
that if you were to look back at the things that you walk towards with trepidation, if you can find a way to be grateful for the lessons that it's teaching you, you may end up finding out that that experience has been purified for you. So I don't know. Give it a try. I'm only passing on some wisdom that I got from a tall forest gnome named Woodchuck from two years ago. Maybe you found this one helpful. Maybe you didn't. But I'm going to encourage you to uh, hijack that mindset that says that the world is with a scarce amount of good or beauty. Hijack that. And don't let yourself start to believe that. And instead, learn to be grateful. Because you'll be surprised at how much being grateful can purify things. <sighs> yeah, so there you go. I'm going to sign off and I'll say thank you for listening. And uh, we'll catch you around on the next time. Cheers. Cheers.